0: Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to Tibet, bat, Brett Boone. Let's talk about the stadiums a little bit. Right. Stadiums as a kid, I remember I grew up in Veterans Stadium, right? Uh, and in the winters, it was pretty cool because Dad. Would take me to the ballpark. He'd have right. a workout workout program, and then I'd pop out of the dugout, and the Eagles are out there practicing. So I'm right. hanging out watching Jaworski and uh, uh, Wilbur Montgomery and, right. and uh, Harold Carmichael. I remember those days. Yeah. It was a different era back then. It was normal for the for the baseball team to share the team with with the football team. Right. Uh, the cookie cutter stadiums, the uh, the the turf who as a young player, and here's a story for you, Chuck. I came mm-hmm. up, I played for the Seattle Mariners when I got, mm-hmm. first got to the big leagues. It was right. in the King Kingdom, right. and he had that turf. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to Cincinnati, and right. we had that turf. And as a young man, man, that turf was a lot of fun to play on. It was bouncy, and it was a fast game. It was a step and a dive for me defensively, and I loved playing on the turf. It was right. a fast game offensively. And I had a teammate in Cincinnati. His name was Barry Larkin, mm-hmm. and he came up to me and he said, "Booney, he said, you like this turf?" I said, "Barry, I love this turf." And I'm 23, 24 right. years old. He goes, "One day you're not going to love this turf," and he was right. I mean, years later, I'm going, "Wow, Give right. me on some natural grass." Um, talk about the stadiums in the NFL. I, I know you came, you uh, you went to college in Miami. Right. All of a sudden, you're in Minnesota. The right. polar opposites. Um, talk about the, the stadiums uh, of well, the 70s and the 80s.
1: Obviously, you know, when it got cold and they, most of the stadiums were, were grass. But in the winter, especially playoff time, every field was frozen. Now, there were like Green Bay had, had some uh, – I think they had uh, their field was way way before time because I think they had water running on it. It kept the – somehow it kept the ground kind of – you know, soft or softer than now, but most of it was, you know, just falling on concrete. And for us to throw out the field, you know, they had those flamethrowers at the time. You know, if you turn on TV, you can see they had those flamethrowers trying to throw out the field. And that's the way they used to do it back then. But, the you know, I I think the stadiums at the time were more fan friendly. And like you said, we shared the stadiums, you know, we shared ours with the Minnesota Twins and of course, like you said, you know, we'd come in when the, the baseball season was over, or when it was going on. You know, we would be in there and uh, switching. You know, you know, they come off field, we go right on. But but now we've got these great, beautiful stadiums here. It's, it's unbelievable. And the turf, like you said, it was like you had concrete underneath, then you had a pad, and then you had the turf. So it was it was just like like I said, falling on concrete. You know, for the most part, you know, I mean, it felt good when you were when you were running on it, but it did some damage.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, it, and I, from a baseball perspective, uh, from a young man, it, it was just mm-hmm. a quicker game. And and you mentioned it felt good to run on it. It felt like you were almost you are almost faster when you were running on it. Yeah, I think, but you- I couldn't imagine the wear and tear it took on me just from cutting and jiving right, for right. so many years. The NFL, would be, it would be a, at a different level because you're cutting, driving and then getting driven <laughs> into the concrete by a, by a linebacker. So a little bit different.
1: Nobody's tackling me. Right. And then back in those days when it first came out, you know, they started putting it. You the know, first one was, I think it was the Houston Astrodome. Remember that? Yeah. It was like the state-of-the-art stadium, indoors right. and stuff like that. And then when you got in there and play on it, it was like, wow, this is, this is like, Fall like I said, falling on concrete. It was it wasn't a fun thing to do. And then, if you fell on it and you were sliding on it, it would take it would rip your skin right off. You know, this this new turf that they had at the beginning, it was horrible. I had I still got on my for, on my hand here. Um, you know, you can still see where that skin came off on on my hands with that with that turf. So I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I'd rather be outside. As a, a running back. And and you mentioned a little bit
0: earlier with yeah. with uh, Doug Plank, right? Did you look for contact, or you look to avoid contact? You look <laughs> like you said, look to make a miss.
1: No, no, it's like uh, I had a model, my coach at Miami, a guy by the name of Whitey Campbell, told me one thing because I went to Miami as a defensive tackle, tight end, and then of course, you know. But anyway, they switched me up after forties and things like that, but. Whitey Campbell, uh, he told me, he says, look, Chuck, you know, they can't hit what they can't touch. That was that was the model I ran by. So I wouldn't give you a good shot. So as far as the physical part of it, you know, to end the run, I'd get physical with you. But I wasn't looking to run over you. I was just going to run over you when the, when when the run was pretty much over. I was gonna deliver that blow instead of being having it delivered to me.
0: You talk about you played you played on the defensive side of the ball in college. Right. And that's an interesting thing for me. I I came out of the draft and I was a shortstop. I, I went to USC mm-hmm. and I remember going to my first pro little mini camp before they decide where they're gonna put me in the minor leagues. Right. And you know, we have our talk, all the new draftees, right. we're sitting on the bench. In, in front of the field mm-hmm. and the gentleman who I forget who it was and he's kind of, all right, we're, we're going to do here the next four or five days. We're just going to work you out and then you're going to be dispersed to whatever team we right. deem fit. And he says to me, he says, all right, now take your positions. So I'm a shortstop in college. Right. I know Chuck, I can play short, but at the big league level, I know I'm a second baseman. Right. So I start running out to my shortstop position and I hear a voice from behind me, he said, Boone, go to second. And I said, right. And and I was there to the day I retired at second base. I was comfortable there. You came out of the draft uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Did you have choices or yeah, was, was I, that
1: going to be set for you? No. I At Miami, I played running back, cornerback, and wide receiver. So, I was well-rounded. And every coach I had down there from one year to the next – I had some pretty good coaches, so I actually, I think when the decision was made by me, anyway, but what I'm thinking is like when I got to the college all-star games. Well, you know, and then of course, you know, at those times there was the Johnny Rogers, the Greg Pruitts, the Otis Armstrong, the people like that. They were had more PR than me, but I, I won every I won every uh, MVP in all those games, and then when I got on the field. And I saw these guys play, and I'm not talking about the guys I just mentioned right offhand, but I'm just saying, yeah, I can play with these dudes, you know, no question about it. And so, and then when I got drafted by the Vikings, and uh, Jim Finks, he was the general manager at the time, he asked me, okay, now we got you. What position do you want to play? So I, even though I won those MVPs, he told me I could pick the position I wanted. And of course, I chose the running back nineteen seventy three your first year in the league you're the rookie of the
0: year nineteen seventy three through nineteen seventy seven you're you're a pro bowler every year four times you're an all pro uh seventy five you lead the league in receptions and i think uh you were known as a as one of the greatest receiving running backs of all
1: time um uh, go ahead go ahead okay i'm about to tell you Okay, um, I, I that's what they say. Now I won. Right. Two, I won two MVPs in '75 and '76. I don't. I don't know if you get that in your thing, but and the reason I, of because I was a receiver, run, runner, receiver. I we call it, you know. But in my time, when they evaluated me, you know, playing fullback position, they only evaluate, evaluate you by the yards from scrimmage. So all the other stuff that I did outside of that, you know, that's like, they do that in the garbage can. So yes, with, you're right about me being, you know, uh, one of the first to do it the way I did it. But before me, there was a guy named Lenny Moore. There was a guy named Tom Matt. Heck. Jim Kitt could do it. They had the Miami dolphins, but uh, never got any credit for that. And what we call the purple offense, they called it the West Coast offense with San Francisco, and you know they got all the credit for our for our offense. So yeah, it was a way before its time. And when Bud put Bud and Jerry Burns put that offense in, they told me, Bud told me, he says, you know, you're gonna be one of the best, but you'll never get credit for it. He was right. Wow. Yep. Yeah. But thanks for bringing it up because, you know, we're hearing about it today, like the traditional running back. They're trying. I always think they're going to be needed, but they're kind of making them like uh, obsolete or that they're not that important. And now the runner receiver is the guy that they're looking for. Well, we were doing that long ago.
0: celebrations today in sports Mm -hmm. uh you seem to be a guy that scored touchdown and hand the football to the the referee uh i kind of was i had a little more flair but i kind (laughs) of when something happened uh we win a game walk off i i tried to my emotions i didn't want to let anybody see me excited believe me Chuck, sometimes uh, fireworks are going off inside me. Yeah. And when I get into the dugout and we get behind where the cameras are gone, uh, that's going to come out and I'm going to celebrate with my teammates. But I always felt weird pumping my fists or running around the bases, making a – I always wanted to – I thought to myself, never show emotion, never smile, never get excited, never laugh. Mm -hmm. That's for your teammates and that's for for nobody else to see. Uh, that was just me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Right, Things right. change. Generations are different. I watch the guys today, and I go, oh, my goodness. Right. You know, I couldn't do that. But right. now I'm kind of used to it. My, I have a young son that plays in the minor leagues, right. and, and that's way the way the guys are today. Um, what do you think about it? I, I'm telling you my story from a uh, baseball standpoint. How right. about football? And baseball is starting to get – it seemed to me like the NFL – uh-huh. Did a lot of celebrations, a lot of touchdown yeah. dances, and yeah. now baseball's kind of taking that form. Yeah, wait, wait, You got baseball players doing doing dances when they get a base hit to right.
1: Right. Well, I see a lot of things baseball players do with the hands and the, all that yeah. stuff. But I got to tell you a story real quick. Uh, when I was at the University of Miami, we played. There was a guy that played for the University of Houston named Elmo Wright. He's a great college receiver. Played with the Kansas City Chiefs. But he got his reputation um, with the beat, being one of the first to celebrate in the end zone. You know, he'd get out there and do this dance and all that stuff. And so um, when I was at the University of Miami, I scored touchdowns. And then I said, well, I'm going to try this. And, you know, and I did this thing like he did. And then when I was done, I was like, boy, this, I, I feel like a fool. I mean, you know, like, why am I doing this? It was totally uncomfortable for me to do that. I never did anything like that again. I thought that was, like, the, the thing to do because he was doing He was supposed to be the best in high, in college football, and it just didn't fit with me in the way I, I did things. So I never celebrated again. But the celebrations, I don't know. I mean, in my time, um, you celebrate embarrass a guy after you score a touchdown, uh, you definitely would be a target. You know, no question about it. Yeah, we're definitely uh, we're definitely playing at a different
0: generation. Right. I see some of these home run celebrations now. And I think back to when I was coming up and I remember my first one of my early games was against Roger Clemens. Right. And man, I got my first at bat. I hit a bullet up the middle Mm -hmm. off him. And my next at bat, he hit me in the head. Right. And that's just how it was back then. It was right. different. It was, hey, don't you come up as a young player and right. and take that big swing off me. I'll show you who's in charge. That's well, the way. It's
1: just not like that anymore. And so. that little baseball, in my opinion, is dangerous. But, you know, I got to say this to you about the baseball. I was telling you, you know, I had an experience. I used to love some baseball. My father was a great baseball player, but I loved baseball too. But I just had a bad experience when I was in Babe League all-star team and all that stuff. And something happened there, and and I never picked up a glove again, you know. Really? That, yeah, no. So, but I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But that's why I stopped playing baseball. But I, you know, baseball was, you know, when we were kids, everybody baseball was was the, that was the thing. Playing baseball, so a great game. It's interesting to me. All right, yeah. let me let me just put Chuck
0: Foreman, if I could. I'm going to put you in a baseball uniform real quick would it bother you getting in the box today with a guy throwing 97, seven ninety98 now as a now you're you're an NFL guy you right. you've, you've got hit a lot of times right. would that would you be worried about getting hit with a
1: 97 98 mile an hour back yes, you your mind yes I would especially if the guy didn't have control there were some guys that throw that ball I don't know at the pro level but I remember when I was younger. He had this guy he, he had he was a flamethrower. He could throw that ball, but he was wild. And that pitch would come in there. Like I, I didn't like going up against him. But yeah, you're right. Um that baseball, I don't know. You had to have some nerve to be in there at ninety seven. But, but Chuck, that that it cracks me up here right. and Do you have any problem going across the middle in the NFL? No. I, I Right. I'm scared to death. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, but I'm just saying that baseball coming at you. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm seeing that I, when I do watch baseball and then when I see, I forgot who the, who the pitcher was, but I don't know, it hit like a hundred miles an hour or something like that. I'm like, ain't no way I'm going to be in there facing that. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, I think baseball players, they might do this little celebration. May have been hit upside the head once or twice, but <laughs> but some of the things they do now, I I don't know how they keep up with all the different teams have different celebrations. Different I saw head shakes. I saw something the other day, last night on sports on the sports show, and then unlike I've ever seen, I mean football, is here, but somebody had a hit a home run, and now they got these things they put on the head. And they prance around the dugout now. Yeah. So baseball, I got to give the players credit. You know, they some creative dudes. It, isn't it funny, though? Now we're starting, we're getting <laughs> kind of used to it. And we're right. right.
0: Probably at heart, both of us are old school guys. Like, we don't do it oh. that way. But we're so used to seeing it in sports now, we're even laughing at it. Like, yeah, yeah, like it it,
1: look how creative they're getting, you know. But, but that's that's, that's today's game. Yeah, it is, and you know, like I said, they are creative and of talented also. And I'm not taking, you know, we got to give them credit for that. Some of these guys, you know, uh, what's his name for the, the young man plays for the Angels. Yeah, I forgot, I can't even pronounce his name. Oh, oh you Sh- got uh, Shohei Otani. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: unbelievable,
1: unbelievable baseball player. Uh, I mean, you know, when he's on now, you know, I tune him in. You know, I mean, he might be pitching, he might be batting, but either way, you know, he's going to do something. There's a lot of them in there like that. I think a lot of great baseball players and just great athletes. Yeah. You when know, I think baseball's taken away from some guys that used to play football, they're not playing football, they're playing baseball. You know, I mean, baseball is, boy, they got some great athletes over there.
0: Yeah, because you mentioned
1: the the average uh, career
0: of an NFL player is a lot lower than, yeah. than baseball. So you're right The 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 uh, elite athlete right. might take, not might choose baseball from mm-hmm. a longevity standpoint. It still right. cracks me up though when when football players and. You know, I look at these football players, I look at hockey players, these right. really tough guys, yeah. and us baseball players, you know, we're kind of wimpy when it comes to the big sports. But I always hear you guys, you're scared of the of 98-mile-an-hour um, of fastball, and I just think, well, these guys are growing across the middle, getting their head cut off by, right. a, by a safety, which – scares me to death, but I'll tell you there's not a fastball on this earth that could scare me. I don't care who you are well, Nolan Ryan bring it. You're not going to scare me. You're not going to intimidate me with a pitch. If I get hit, I get hit. It's not a
1: big deal, but uh, NFL, yeah. I'm not going across. Well, I guess I would go across the middle, but I'd be a little bit hesitant. You'd be hesitant, but I'm telling you this. You're not getting me any batter's box at no 98. That's <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you that. Know? Very cool. 2400
0: Sports is an Odyssey company.